0: quite a movie for you today before we start though Jesse can can, can you pass that cranberry sauce
1: uh Mike that's that's not cranberry sauce it's
0: oh my god Jesse what have you done <laughs> <laughs> we've yeah, sorry, got but... the 1987 slasher film Blood Rage also it was released in theaters as Nightmare at Shadow Woods an extremely censored version because They needed to get an R rating. And in 1987, the censors thought that was a little too much gore for an R rating. So they had to cut a bunch of it out. Fortunately, if you go to Tubi, you can see it with all of its gore fully intact. And man, oh man, is this a movie to watch?
1: Oh, yeah. It's great.
0: It was actually filmed in 83. And then when it was finally released in theaters in 87, it was only a. Very limited release. Got a Rotten Tomatoes score of 33%, which after watching it, I got to say it's about right. <laughs> you know, uh, I was thinking after I watched this movie, this is a well made movie. It yeah. just suffers from a crappy script and Louise Lasser.
1: See, I love Louise Lasser. <laughs> <in> this- <laughs> <laughs> just because uh, either she's so committed to that role or we're actually watching a lady have a breakdown on film
0: yeah yeah that's true that's true i mean she sells
1: this part really 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 well and like it's weird because like growing up you didn't really hear about much like it kind of flew under the radar and it's it's bad because like there's not a lot of horror movies around thanksgiving right but in, in recent years because I think Luis Lasser is over the top thing, and just plus this this movie's just in, incredibly insane. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it picked up traction. Like a lot of people are starting to look into this movie now. Like now, it's like a Thanksgiving tradition around my house. You know,
0: <laughs> it's something else. Yeah. Body count for this movie? If it's a slasher movie, so there's going to be a lot. Eleven dead in this movie, including. One copulator at the drive-in, two copulators at the swimming pool, 75% of a thoroughly messed up family, one <laughs> dumb bodyguard, one psychologist, one best friend, and one date night couple. Oh, man, that date night couple. That was something else. <laughs> if you like this movie, if you got another movie that you want us to talk about, go to speakpipe.com slash leave us a message there we'd love to hear from you if we like your idea and your voice message is cool we're going to include it in the podcast also go to cdfpodmerch.com get your t-shirts and your coffee cups and everything for christmas remember there are supply chain problems so order early to make sure you get it in time oh yeah movie was directed by John Grismer. He's known for directing the 1977 slasher film Scalpel and as a writer on the 1973 horror film The Bride, and those are his only credits. Written by Bruce Rubin, who was known for the 1982 sci-fi comedy Zapped and the Disney animated series Recess.
1: I love both of them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Movie stars Louise Lasser as Maddie, best known as Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman also appeared in an episode of the Bob Newhart show back in the very first season, which would have
1: been, I think, 73. I don't know because there's two Bob Newhart shows. But yeah, I think you're right.
0: Right. There's the Bob Newhart show when he was a, a psychologist in the 70s. And then there was Newhart when he owned a hotel. In the 80s and 90s. And for you younger guys, this is all before he was Professor Proton. Go go look it up on
1: Netflix. or something. I just know that that guy has made a career out of talking on a phone.
0: Yes, he has like when- some. He and Dick Van Dyke have the best fake phone conversations there are. Oh, yeah. One-sided and completely hilarious. Yeah. But Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman was an interesting thing. It only existed in one year or for one year. It was direct to syndication, but it was on five nights a week. So in that one year, they recorded over 300 episodes.
1: Damn, man. That's yeah. like the, the the golden age of television, television where They were like, just knocking them out left and right.
0: Right. Yeah, you that's exactly right. It was a, a satire type soap opera, really focusing on the American housewife and consumerism. And if you missed it, that's okay. They're in talks to reboot it this year.
1: Of or, course. Or they, next year. They they're always rebooting everything, man.
0: Right, right. There are no no original ideas in television or the movies anymore.
1: It's always Let's remake what worked 40 years ago. They never want to remake any like crappy stuff that needs to be remade. I mean, like, like this. I mean, like they could totally make this movie and have it out for the holidays and shit. Right. And, oh, man.
0: <laughs> also stars Mark Soper as Todd and Terry, known for getting his wiener bit off in the world, according to Garp. That movie's awesome i love that's one of my all-time favorite movies yeah hell yeah i would um, love to watch that again today but i'm not going to
1: oh man what's his name from third rock to the sun he's in that john lithgow plays a uh transsexual yeah and he's mute or she's mute it, that movie's just it blew my mind yeah growing up that and it's, it's probably one of robin williams best movies it's like the first time he did like a like a serious role and just knocked it out of the park
0: yeah, John Lithgow has one of the best lines in the entire movie when they're talking. Uh, it's, it's near the end. And the guy that was Garp's wife was having an affair with, who, who got his wiener bit off, John Lithgow <laughs> says to him, you know, I had mine surgically removed, but to have it bitten off? Yeah. That's, one man. of the great lines of that movie. Also appeared in the Dallas spinoff, Knots Landing. And the John Travolta film Phenomenon, where John Travolta has a brain tumor that makes him think he was abducted by aliens. And then it turns him into a genius for about two weeks. Happened to me once. I uh, was also in Swordfish with Hugh Jackman and Halle Berry. And then finally, we have Julie Gordon as Karen. She had a very short film career, appeared in Superfuzz and Deadly Illusion. Movie starts with cars arriving at the Route 36 Drive-In Theater in Jacksonville, Florida to see a movie called The House That Cried Murder, (laughs) which was not a real movie, by the way, but it was the title of a 1972 episode of the Rod Serling series Night Gallery. It was about a woman who (laughs) hires a psychic to help solve two Edgar Allan Poe-inspired murders that occurred near her house.
1: That was a great show, too, man. I love that. They used to show, yeah.
0: It's on Comet TV every weekend now.
1: Hell yeah, yeah. I also love that opening scene. I like uh, just because you know you don't see drive-ins that you know, right. And to have it in a movie is like awesome.
0: I couldn't find a Route 36 drive-in in Jacksonville, but there is a Route 34 drive-in still operating just outside Mendota, Illinois. Hell yeah, cash only, by the way. So. The drive-in will never die. (laughs) It's a drive-in movie theater with a pool table. Oh, man, that's hot. So, you know, we see a young guy getting popcorn before the movie begins as the credits for this movie roll in early 80s synth pop plays. If you like Blinding Lights by The Weekend, this music that plays throughout this movie is very, very similar to that.
1: Yeah, because, you know, that's all they can afford. (laughs) (laughs) Right. They played this Uh,
0: one song from start to finish
1: in this movie. Also, uh, like the guy, he's getting popcorn and then he goes to the bathroom. Yeah. And (laughs) there's a creep in there. You know he's a creep because he's wearing, like, you know, uh, one of those creeper hats. He's got a a black
0: fedora on and he's sitting on the edge of the sink waiting for this guy to finish peeing right next to him so that he can sell him condoms.
1: Uh, that guy is Sam Raimi's brother. Yes, he is. And it's, it, I just love him anytime he pops up. He, the last thing I've seen him in that I like, oh, hey, that's that guy. Was in the Ash uh, versus the Evil Dead, the the series that was based off Evil Dead. Right. And he plays a great guy in that. But yeah, he. I mean, anything. It's weird how this guy just will pop up because he's been on like Xena, Warrior Princess and shit. He's uncredited in this movie.
0: Right, he's not credited in this movie, just this little cameo appearance, we'll never see him again, but it's a fantastic role, it makes it almost seem like an 80s teen sex comedy. Yeah. But that's totally not what you're in for. Oh, hell no. We also get plenty of shots of teenagers making out all over this drive-in along with a hippie and a Volkswagen Beetle that's trying to get romantic with a girl who really just wants to watch the damn movie.
1: Yeah. It it just goes over everybody's either making out, drinking, smoking, or making out. Yeah.
0: Some of them are also making out.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we see Maddie with her date and they want to get romantic, but they have a couple of boys asleep in the back seat of the station wagon along with an AR15 rifle?
1: Yeah. It, it's weird cuz it's like she's uh, a single mom of twins and she's on a date in in a in a, in a driving theater and it, you know they're acting like kids but you know there's you know dude's trying to get his rocks off with his date yeah. but the yeah, there's two kids sleeping in the back of the station wagon with a gun. With and the gun. That, works, but that totally looks like a real gun though.
0: It really does. I don't know what we never See that gun again in this movie. It's just there, like a discarded comic book or, or you know, G. I. Joe doll. Um, in
1: fact, it, it like it, it shows the couple up front, then it goes to the kids in the back with the gun across them. Then it goes back to the couple, they start making out, and then it, when it goes back to the kids, that gun's not even there.:
0: You think maybe somebody forgot that he just left his gun there and in between takes, went and recovered it.
1: Pretty much, yeah. and <laughs> Like, it just snuck out of the station wagon. Like, what happened to the gun? Like, have what gun? And like, uh.
0: As soon as uh, Maddie and her boyfriend start kissing again, the boys wake up, of course, because that's how it works. And they don't want to see that. That's gross. So they sneak out of the car. We see Todd find a roofing hammer slash hatchet kind of thing in the open bed of a pickup truck. Then we cut back to Maddie and her boyfriend. And when we look back at the boys, not Todd, but Terry has the hatchet this time. They completely change boys on this one. Yeah, it is the same actor playing both parts. So I think their continuity person just dropped the ball there and they forgot to change his shirt for the scene.
1: Yeah, it's like one's wearing a brown shirt, one's wearing a blue shirt. And, right. And you know, you just, you just like focus on one kid at a time. Right.
0: Well, Terry's got the hatchet and he walks up to a car and through the window, he can see a couple in the back seat having sex. And when the guy yells at him to get lost, Terry just swings the hatchet and starts chopping on the dude's face.
1: And, and uh, you get like that classic scene where the blood splatters on the thing of popcorn. Yes. And, and on the that, window of the car and everything. The hatchet wound in that guy's face looks real.
0: The makeup effects in this movie are fantastic. Oh, yeah. All of the special effects in this movie are wonderful. I love them. So Terry attacks this guy. He's chopping up the face. And I know exactly what you're talking about, because when this guy kind of collapses on in the window of the car, you can see it almost looks like the gashes on his face open up a little bit. Yeah. Well, his girl runs naked, screaming from the car. That doesn't draw any attention. Maddie thinks she heard a scream, and her date is just fed up with not getting any from her. So he's ready to leave. And that's when Maddie notices the boys are gone. Cut back to the boys, and Todd is standing there just staring dumbstruck because he just watched his brother chop up a guy's face. Well, his brother Terry smears blood on Todd's face and puts the hatchet in his hand. Uh, Just as people start running up from other cars, and he tells them all that his brother killed the guy. And then we hear sirens and fade to black. When we come back, 10 years have passed. Maddie is arriving at the mental institution, psychiatric institution, where Todd is being held. It's Thanksgiving Day, and so she's visiting her son. She's also meeting with Dr. Berman, who has been treating Todd. She, Dr. Berman tells Maddie that Todd's starting to remember what happened at the drive in. And she doesn't believe that Todd actually killed anybody and that Terry was the one who did it.
1: Man, that's just cold. I mean, it, she's
0: right. Yeah. But.
1: Also, this whole scene is like kind of weird. Like, I don't know what. Yeah. Happened. But it's like, it it starts with the doctor doing like a voiceover. Yeah. Narrate the situation.
0: We we hear that like the doctor dictating her notes, explaining what happened in this conversation with Maddie over top of watching the actual thing take place.
1: Yeah, that is so
0: weird. Yeah, I'm good with one or the other. You can either (laughs) narrate or you can show me what happened honestly you're making a movie already so why not just show me what happened
1: yeah I, i'm not a big fan of uh, voiceover narration it works sometimes and this is not one of those times but i think right. i don't know they were filming the scene and it just started getting pointless so when they edited it together they're like ah crap what are we doing get somebody in here telling what's going on you know
0: Well, Dr. Berman wants to conduct some more tests, but Maddie's having none of that. No more tests. Forget it. Todd enters at that point and Maddie gives him his traditional slice of pumpkin pie that she brings for him every year. The voiceover from Dr. Berman explains that Maddie wants them to be a happy family and and still talks to Todd as if he were a small boy. That enrages Todd and he opens the box of pumpkin pie and just squishes it between his fingers like it's play-doh or something.
1: Oh man, that is so gross. <laughs> it's, it, it's pretty like bad. A, he squishes it like it's, uh, it, it, you know, it's pumpkin pie, so it looks nasty. And then like it just keeps on coming through his fingers, and like mom keeps on like trying to like, oh no, come on, baby. She like yeah, scoops. It's like she's trying to it scoop
0: back. it up and put it back in the box so he can eat it later.
1: He keeps on squeezing it, and then all of a sudden he just gets fed up, stands up, and throws it like it's a monkey flinging poo or something on a damn wall.
0: And you get to see just how just how well this set is made because you can see the wall flexing when when the pumpkin pie hits.
1: It. Oh yeah, no, it, <laughs> it like it kind of
0: uh, it just kind of wobbles as it, when he hits it. Weird. <laughs> it is very weird. Well he yells at his mother to get out of there. Then we cut to Terry. (coughs) Terry's at a touch football game. He's covering his girlfriend, Karen, of course. Of course. Then when along come the new neighbors, Beth and her daughter, Andrea, they're out for a jog, but they stop to let Terry know they're coming over for Thanksgiving dinner. Terry invites Andrea to play football with him, And Karen is not too happy about that. And while Terry's talking to Andrea, somebody decides football's over. Let's ditch Terry and go swimming. And
1: Karen's all for that idea. And it has got to be just the miserable relationship. Also, you you can tell the difference between Terry and Todd at this point. Uh, One looks like a wet blanket most of the time. And the other one's like, I don't know, like super yuppie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Todd's, Todd is, he's kind of stuck where he was 10 years ago because, well, he's been basically locked up this whole time. He's very introverted, whereas Terry is the outgoing, very fashionable, well-liked. I think they're all in college at this point.
1: Um, yeah, I'm hoping because like there's no way those kids are in school.
0: next thing we see everybody's at thanksgiving dinner and something is it is very funny because i don't know if the director and the editor were just phoning it in on this or not but we have to get a shot of each individual at the table laughing in turn over this one thing
1: yeah it's it's i don't know yeah i don't know if it's like just weird editing or if it's supposed to be like a stylistic choice, where it's it kind of is like a uh, what do you call it? Like a made-for-TV movie, right? But it, it is awkward. It's like this: the camera's moving everywhere, all like you know, right at the neck, up, yes, close up there. Every time someone says something,
0: well, Maddie and Brad have an announcement. They are getting married. Terry is very surprised, and his happiness about this whole thing seems very forced and and really, really weird.
1: Yeah, and he immediately picks up the knife.
0: Immediately. Yeah. Well, Maddie asks Terry to carve the turkey, but Terry points the knife at Brad and says, Well, since you're the new man at the house, maybe you should do it. And so Brad starts carving the turkey. There's really obvious symbolism in this scene. Like we see we see the the dismembering of the turkey. Cut to Terry looking very, very serious. It's almost like they followed every action in this scene with the words
1: "get it." Yeah, See, that's where I saw like the stylized uh, thing of it. Like it's a little chill on the nose. It's almost like uh, right. what do you call it? Uh, after school special. Yeah, you remember those movies? It's like very like oh man, it hit me in the head over you know. It.
0: <laughs> well, Maddie has to go answer the phone. In the days of corded phones, the phone didn't travel around the room with you, so it was on the wall in the kitchen. Meanwhile, Terry's making Karen mad by paying attention to Andrea. Andrea isn't very happy in this small town, and she invites Terry to stop by and keep her company while she's babysitting that night, while yeah. Terry's girlfriend is sitting right there at the table next to him. Terry doesn't have a problem with that.
1: Uh, uh, it- That is some straight-up soap opera shit. It is.
0: Well, Maddie calls Terry into the kitchen. It seems his brother Todd has escaped from the psychiatric facility. Dr. Berman is on her way over, and they decide the best thing they can do is pretend that nothing's happening so they don't spoil Thanksgiving dinner. My God. So they go back to the table, and as soon as they sit down, Terry announces that his psycho brother is on the loose again, has escaped from the mental facility.
1: I laughed out loud at that. That (laughs) (laughs) one eighty is. Oh man, what do you think we should do? Uh, Let's just like you know, stay cool, you know, calm, collected, and we won't tell nobody about it. As soon as his ass hits that chair, it's like, hey, my crazy brother's out. Yeah, I'm surprised anybody. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And we see a shot of Todd. He's walking past a grocery store, cut back to the house and in the kitchen. Thanksgiving dinner's over. Everybody's cleaning up. Terry is spending a lot of time polishing a knife.
1: Get it? Yeah. It's like they they should almost zoom in at that point. Because, yeah, he's like just wiping the hell out of that knife.
0: Yeah. Maddie is in her room looking at a wall covered with pictures of the two boys. Brad enters and, and they kiss while Terry spies on them from the crack, from the doorway. Brad wants some sexy time, but Maddie shuts him down because she's worried about Todd. Next, we see Terry getting ready for his date and somebody with a gun is knocking on their door. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it's not Todd, by the way. It's no, the know. it's the hired bodyguard uh, with Dr. Berman. When Terry opens the door, Jackie is the bodyguard's name, shoves him up against the wall and pulls the gun on him. Dr. Berman tries to settle him down. He's like, calm down, calm down. That's not him. You're not him, are
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> and, and dude, this guy, you know, he's got the yuppie haircut, like clean dress, you know, for uh, Thanksgiving dinner or whatnot. Yeah. And the guy that broke out the crazy brother, quote, air quotes. Uh he's still wearing that like the same nasty like striped shirt and like, you know, he's got wet, tangled hair and he he's barely, you know, can speak. He's like totally catatonic, just shuffling right. around. Right. And uh also it's like the kid just got out, right? He just escaped and then like this uh doctor has gone full blown uh Doctor Loomis like on this guy, <laughs> you know. It's just like Halloween. I mean, and, and but you know, she's got you know uh, a, a bow hunk. You know, like just some nameless, like you know, muscle guy has her muscle, and she's like just on it. You know, I, I thought that was weird. Like at the, at the beginning of the movie, the doctors kind of like you know, right, sympathetic toward uh, the kid, you know, and stuff. And then now she's like, we gotta get this kid. We gotta come now. You know, exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, Brad comes to the door and he tries to settle everything down with probably the most wooden dialogue. And, you know, like I said, this movie just suffers from a bad script. For example, when Brad comes to the door, he says, I'm Brad King. Maybe I can help. And Dr. Berman says, yes, would you help me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, for some, like takes place in the 80s. It, it feels like, uh, like a 50s movie or something. Yep. Yep. You know, or like early 60s.
0: Well, Brad leaves with Dr. Berman and her gunman, Jackie, while Terry stays at the apartment with Maddie. Uh, Brad explains that Terry could be hiding on someone's patio or anywhere on the nature trail. So Dr. Berman is heading in the woods with the gun that Jackie has. Turns out that's a tranquilizer gun. It's not actually a, a kill people gun. It's a put people to sleep gun because you know, that's what you do when you're looking for somebody. You you get a gun and that'll fill them full of drugs. Yeah, you
1: treat this guy like, I don't know, like an uh, escaped panther or something. Yeah, he's yeah. an
0: elephant that escaped from the circus.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, we got to put him down,
0: you know. Well, she's going to go off and search the nature trail while Jackie searches all the patios. Meanwhile, Brad is in his office having a beer, listening to an all-night preacher on the radio.
1: Oh, man, I love that office. There's a really cool print in there that's the MC Escher holding the crystal ball. I love that. And just, yeah, it's like this guy just sits down at his desk with his beer, picks up the phone, calls his girlfriend, you know, calm her nerves, you know. Right. And while he's doing that, standing right outside his patio door
0: is Terry. Well, Brad's sitting at his desk checking his pistol. He's got a gun that actually shoots bullets instead of tranquilizer darts. We got tranquilizer darts. We got evil twins. The only thing we're missing here is quicksand.
1: Oh, man, dude.
0: And then this would be a full-on Scooby-Doo or Hardy Boys episode. It does take place in Florida, so there's probably
1: quicksand somewhere around there.
0: Probably somewhere, yeah. It actually was filmed in Florida, too.
1: It it has that filter, yeah. It it looks I don't know, like Florida before Miami Vice was like filmed, you know. Yep. Like the neon yet, you know.
0: Brad's sitting at his desk, he's checking out his pistol, he's just popped the top on a can of old style, and that's when Terry comes in with his machete and he chops Brad's hand off, and we get a really, really well done gag. With the severed hand
1: on the floor holding the can of beer. Oh, man, yeah. It it, it cuts his hand off the hand with the beer in it. With falls. the beer in it, yes. Then it goes to Brad going, hi, ah, and holding that bloody like stomp. And then it goes back to the hand, and the hand is, like, wiggling, and it drops the beer. And that that was, I mean, it's, it totally looks fake, but when you're caught up in that, like, that little scene, it's just, right. it, it's, it goes so well, you know?
0: It's a very well-done effect. Compared to the rest of the movie so far, that was done really, really well.
1: That and the open head from the beginning. Like, you, you know, at yes. this point, like, oh, that's why I bought the ticket. I want to see this for.
0: Yes, the special effects guys are the pros in this movie. And if you saw this on a $2 matinee, you got your money's worth. And just from the special effects, folks.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: I don't know. Is there even a $2 matinee anymore?
1: No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the lowest sign goes $17. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Dr. Berman is in the woods calling for Todd. Meanwhile, Jackie's patrolling all the patios. Jackie offers to get Todd high if he comes out of hiding and starts singing the flash dance song, substituting the word lunatic for maniac. Well, then he has a seat to smoke a joint. When Terry walks up on him, Jackie shares the joint with him. You know, Dr. Berman told him to relax, so he's, you know, relaxing. He also shares the information that Dr. Berman knows that Todd didn't kill anybody. Well, that's all Terry needs to hear. So he stabs Jackie in the chest with the machete and then finishes the joint and leaves. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just because I killed the guy doesn't mean I need to pass up a a free joint, right?
1: Also, it's like, how did that guy miss that other guy holding the machete i mean i don't know hell he passes him the j and then all of a sudden next thing you know it's like done and like he totally stabs runs him through with the machete runs him
0: right through yeah on the nature trail dr berman is still calling for todd to come out back at the house maddie's on the floor in front of the refrigerator eating all the leftovers no spoons fingers only yeah, it's just like a big thing, green peas, and then she's like
1: got, a bowl of corn.
0: Yeah, she's she's got all the green beans and either corn or mac and cheese, and she's just grabbing handfuls and shoving it in her face. She is eating all of her feelings, and she's got a lot of feelings right now.
1: Well, yeah, it's the holidays.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Terry found Doctor Berman and is heading after her with his machete. Meanwhile, Maddie is dialing the phone and pouring all of the wine. She is not even slowly losing it. She's losing it full speed ahead.
1: Oh, yeah. No, this is like the ones that the roller coaster makes it to the top of the hill. Yeah. As soon as she finds out that her kids left the hospital, she goes full, you know, you know crazy town. Yeah, she does.
0: Back in the woods, we see Terry has chopped Dr. Berman in half. She's not quite dead yet, but she's completely severed from her lower half, which is laying off a little ways from her.
1: Again, I mean, you know, you're not stupid. You can see it. You can tell how they did it. Yes. So well done.
0: Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about this effect was that her pants were tied off in a way that you could obviously see they were tied off and stuffed full of, of foam or whatever. Yeah. But other than that, you know, it was a great effect, a really good gore effect, really good gore makeup on that gag. It was it was wonderful. I liked it a lot. Todd has arrived at the apartment complex inside the apartment. Terry is in the bathroom. He he licks some blood off his hands and delivers the catchphrase of the film. That's not cranberry sauce. That's not cranberry sauce. (laughs) And and <laughs> at this point you have to wonder, is he confused about why there's blood on his shirt? Or is he just trying to make a really bad joke?
1: I think yeah, he's that kind of like uh he's that kind of eighties asshole that just he won't let a bad <laughs> joke. You right. You know, get the laugh. Yeah. But like I mean, it's I'm it's also
0: it's... that kind of eighties asshole that won't let a bad <laughs> joke go, but you know. Yeah,
1: but you ain't stabbing. Me.
0: Not that anybody can prove.
1: <laughs> but like uh, that catchphrase I think is what kind of made this film pick up and stuff so yeah. like now if you get a copy of this like in Blu-ray or something that's like the tagline for the movie that's not Cranberry.
0: Yeah and that's a perfect uh, perfect tagline for it too I,
1: yeah I'm surprised they didn't do that <laughs> when it came out they should <laughs> like it came out they couldn't even pick a name it went through like three names you know
0: right right it was Slasher when it was in development and then they changed it to Blood Rage, and then after they chopped most of the gore out of it, they changed it to, what was it, Nightmare at Shadow Woods.
1: Yeah, so... Which like, is the like,
0: name of the apartment complex, is Shadow Woods. I would have named it, it's not Cranberry
1: Sauce, just like put it out in the theater.
0: Exactly. Well, Terry is in the shower trying to wash off all the blood while Maddie furiously cleans the oven.
1: It's already cleaned the oven.
0: It's a it's never been used, and she is scrubbing the hell out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then she tries to call Brad, but we see Brad in his office with his head split down the middle. He's sitting at his desk, propped up on the severed stump where his hand used to be. Terry, after his shower, shows up at Andrea's babysitting gig where she is fixing drinks. You can either have vodka and tomato juice, or tomato juice and vodka.
1: So yeah, Bloody Marys are around.
0: Yeah, but Terry doesn't drink, so he'll just have tomato juice. Psycho.
1: You see, they that's are as a psycho. No one drinks tomato juice. Nobody.
0: And they are completely ignoring the crying baby in the background, the one that she's supposed to be babysitting. Yeah, he's just hollering like crazy, and they're ignoring it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Andrea wants to make out, but Terry wants to watch TV. The premise here is that Terry is a psycho serial killer because his mother was promiscuous. So, any kind of promiscuity like that, he's dead set against it. I don't know if there's anything to that. I think he's just a weirdo. Yeah, he's a weirdo. When we see Todd peeping into in apartments. Karen shows up at Terry's apartment, but nobody comes to the door. So she heads to the patio to knock on the glass door there. As she walks around back, Todd sees her coming and he hides. And she's knocking on the door and he comes out trying to touch her hair. Well, she sees him and mistakes him for Terry, but Todd doesn't talk. So Karen thinks it's just Terry who is high because he always gets quiet when he's high. Turns out Carrie... Karen loves Terry, and since they haven't talked much, she thinks the best thing that they can do for their relationship is to have sex. That's when Todd explains that he's not Terry, but she seems nice, and he's never kissed a girl before. <laughs> and that guy's got all the Yeah, but her response is perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, well, you really should try it. Gotta go by. I mean, there's no other response to something like that.
1: Yeah, if he just bit his tongue, he'd probably been, you know, making out with her and stuff. But no, he's honest to his fault, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Next, we see Greg and Artie in a convertible. And they drive up and Karen explains about Todd. Uh, The guys want to go find Terry. But Greg stays with Karen. Artie takes a baseball bat and goes to find Terry. Well, Terry and Andrea are watching a movie about an axe murderer on TV. Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out
1: what movie that was. Yeah, but. you get like it's, it's too vague. It's, it just looks like some like, right. you know, random getting attacked.
0: It might have been some extra stuff they filmed just for that. Terry pretends to be horrified by what he's seeing on the screen. So Andrea tries to get romantic, but Terry shuts her down again. And that's when Julie and her boyfriend come home from their date. And she just kind of pops her head around the corner. What's going on in here? Absolutely (laughs) nothing. There's nothing going on.
1: (laughs) As she puts her top back up. Yeah.
0: Andrea asks Julie if uh, she can go ahead and pay her for babysitting. Her date decides he'll take care of it. And then he gets all dad tone about the booze that they left out. Julie explains, it's okay. I told him they could do it. Well, you shouldn't drive.
1: Yeah, that guy looks like a stick in the mud. Yeah.
0: In the parking lot, Karen spots Terry walking home with Andrea. So she and Artie and Greg run over there. Greg suggests they throw a welcome home party for Todd. Not in a nice way. It's not supposed to be a fun party. Karen explains that Todd tried to kiss her. Terry doesn't like him making fun of Todd at all. And he leaves to go find Todd while the rest of them all head over to Andrea's house. Back home, Maddie is sucking down all of the wine and vacuuming furiously. (laughs) Terry walks in and scares her. He tells her that Todd is here at the apartment complex and still on the loose. So Maddie tries to call Brad. Brad's not going to answer the phone. He doesn't have that hand anymore. Then she sends Terry to go find Todd. On the trail, Todd discovers the corpse of Dr. Berman. It turns out, in addition to the tranquilizer gun, she also had a real gun that looks exactly like the gun Brad had.
1: Yeah, that, that came in handy before she got chopped in half.
0: Yeah, you know, if she'd had that instead of the tranquilizer gun, she might still be alive.
1: Also, uh, what's his name? What's the kid's name? Is it, this one's Terry, right?
0: Terry's the one that actually did the murder. Todd is the innocent one.
1: Uh, Todd takes her leg and tries to put her back together he does
0: try to put her back together yeah i mean he's a very simple guy
1: it, it, that's just awkward that's like i don't know it's like a, that uh, it kind of reminds me of frankenstein where like he he doesn't realize like the stuff that he's doing you know yeah and it shows how how gone this guy is I, if you didn't get that from where he like decimated that pie <laughs> Uh, it shows you just like him growing up this way, and you know, like taking the hits for his brother really, really fucked him up, and he's like not even a whole person. So everything he's doing is like just so scatterbrained, you know? Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, he's just very simple. He's still emotionally uh, a small boy. Yeah. So you know, he did what a small child would do. Maybe if I put you back together, you'll be okay. Oh wait, no, it doesn't work that way. I know. Well, on the trail, Todd runs into a little girl who is looking for her lost kitten. And Todd explains to her, there's somebody bad out here. You need to go home and lock your door and don't let anybody in no matter what. So, I mean, Todd really does mean well here.
1: Yeah. Again, that kind of that, that reminded me, that scene, him and a little girl, that kind of reminded me of Frankenstein. A little bit, yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that was that was kind of like a weird out of it didn't really add anything to the plot, but it does show like that he is, you know, he's not an evil piece of shit. Right, like right. It, it does a couple of things.
0: Number one, it cements the the notion that Todd is not the dangerous one. Todd is a good kid and it sets up a scene for some extra suspense later on. Back at Andrea's apartment, Greg and Artie are playing Atari while Andrea teaches Karen how to drink tequila.
1: All right, so you got like uh, two guys playing video games and two chicks watching them drinking tequila. So not much has changed the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 40 years later,
0: it's still the same. <laughs> it's still... Women watching men play video games. The same women watching the same men play video games 40 years later. And,
1: you know, they they got to kill it with, you
0: know, (laughs) and, uh, Karen recounts the story of meeting Todd for Andrea back at Julie's apartment. Her date is sniffing all the bottles of booze while she gets, um, gets them glasses of wine.
1: Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) Like the, the where they were watching TV earlier, the babysitter, crazy guy. Yeah. It seems like that's, like, you know, there. And then, like, now there's, like, a little tray with a hotel booze bottles. Yeah, little and, airplane bottles. Yeah, it's, the bigger ones, you know, like, from back in the day. It's not like now where you get the little plastic bottles. like, nice little glass <laughs> bottles. And, and it just it seems odd. It's, like, she got, a, like, a small bottle. But, yeah, then she comes back with a, two big glasses of wine. She's got a
0: tray of small bottles of liquor and she comes back with two big glasses of wine. And her date has read this label. This is not for children. Obviously, it's not for children. Who would think that this is for children? She tells him to read that label again. She says, Oh, it's b- 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 body liquor.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also, uh, she's like almost like crawling all over this guy and yeah. he's like punched up and weird, like. His body language is like, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. He's so weird. And like, yeah, she she's ready so... for
0: some loving, and he has no clue what to do with that.
1: Yeah. She's like really randy or whatever. And he's like a Bible salesman or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, Julie's going to go slip into something more comfortable. While she's doing that, Terry comes to the door. She sends her date to go answer the door. And we hear the record scratch, and then the baby starts crying. And then the record is kind of skipping. But Julie's decides she's going to go out and, and see what's going on. So she's still in her dress from their date until when she gets up and heads for the bedroom door. Then we cut to a camera outside the bedroom in the hallway. And when she comes out of the door, she's wearing a negligee.
1: Yeah. So oh, she pulls it out of the uh, the dresser, right? And holds it up in the mirror, and then yeah, the door goes off, and like not even yeah a second, she's uh, catted up, you know, right, right. And uh, oh man, okay, yeah, and she goes to the door, she opens the door, and then there's the most realistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she's looking all over the place for her date.
0: I can't remember his name. Bill, Bill is his name. She's looking all over the place for Bill. She can't find him. She goes to the door and she looks through the peephole. And apparently she saw Bill outside because she said, What are you doing out there? And she opens the door, and the only thing that's there
1: is Bill's head hanging on a string. No, nah, it's like, I don't know. It's like electrical cord or something, but it's yeah, like, it's so. It looks real. Like, I mean, it's got, like, the the flesh to it looks, like, messed up. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the special effects, folks, comes for for the win again. Of course, she
1: freaks out.
0: She's screaming. Of course, that wakes the baby again. We've She's running around. She's got to get out of here. So she's wearing this negligee, but she's just going to throw on a coat. And that's when we discover that Terry's still in the house because he just, very calmly walks up and starts helping her put her coat on.
1: What a gentleman. And well, she
0: passes out when that happens. (laughs) Todd is trying to break in through the patio door inside the apartment. He does manage to get in. Once he's in, he goes to Terry's room and he's looking around Terry's stuff. Maddie is really, really drunk at this point. She thinks that that's, terry in the bedroom but before she can get there to open the door she just kind of passes out in the hallway over at andrea's karen and artie are playing atari now while andrea and greg make out in the bedroom andrea is gonna get some romance one way or another terry wouldn't give it to her so she'll take greg back home todd puts maddie in bed she wakes up and thinks he's terry and todd Kind of plays along and she says, well, maybe, maybe everything will work out. And Todd just ran far, far away from here and we won't see him again.
1: Damn. mom! (laughs) Yeah.
0: Back at Andrea's, Artie and Karen are playing video games when they notice Andrea and Greg aren't in the room anymore and they hear a scream from the bedroom. Of course, anytime you notice people are missing you, that immediately must be followed with a scream. Or allowed thing. right?
1: Some kind of yeah.
0: well. they run in the bedroom. Andrea is laid out on the bed with blood on her face, and Greg jumps out of the closet with a hatchet. Turns out this was their joke. <laughs> we've got uh, enough packing and chopping that we expect to see somebody die here, and it uh, and it, and it's just a joke. And this actually works.
1: Uh, what's your name? That's lying on the bed with the. It's not just blood on her face. She's got some kind of prosthetic that kind of makes her look like uh, those pig face people from that Twilight Zone episode yeah a little bit yeah like it's it's really kind of goofy looking you know
0: <laughs> well Maddie is up and drinking again oh, uh, her nap didn't last long meanwhile Greg is waiting for Andrea to shower off all the fake blood Terry's in the apartment and they don't know it yet he's just standing out there looking Through the glass shower door at Andrea, as she's washing all the fake blood off. Meanwhile, Maddie is on the phone with the telephone company, trying to get them to help her reach Brad because it's a real, real emergency. (laughs) She's she's completely hysterical at this point.
1: That yeah no that scene that's you know that should be like uh if it was like a a classier movie you know yeah scene with like the uh for your consideration and nomination, like, you know, thing. Right. You know, he has like, and it's like Bob Newhart. She's like having one phone, one sided phone conversation. Yeah. She's c- completely fucking, you know, nuts at this point.
0: Completely. And it's hard to tell at this point, who's crazier, Terry or Maddie.
1: It's, de- it's definitely his mother. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, th- this whole scene though, it's like, this is going to be her for the rest of the movie. She's just going to be yelling crazy shit into a phone number. And <laughs> until, you know, it comes up to the big scene at the end, but like, yeah, now she randomly calling like doctors, uh, lawyers, random people yeah. in the middle of them up and just giving her whole life story while she's drinking like a big jug of wine. Yes. Yes. It's like, it's good acting, but it's, it's just, I don't know. It's terrible. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 like it, it, in another movie, this would be like a great acting and stuff, but just this, the only thing she's doing is just selling how completely nuts. She I was. mean,
0: she's down in that wine. Like it's a two liter of Mountain Dew. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's just, um. it's just going down as fast as possible. Waking <laughs> <laughs> up strangers on Thanksgiving night. <laughs>
0: Greg and Andrea have gone to play some late night tennis, and Terry is watching unnoticed from the shadows. Greg hits the ball over the fence, and when Andrea goes to get it, Greg lays down on the tennis court, uh, complaining that he should not have drunk that tequila. (laughs) And then we see a shadow sneaking up on Greg. Don't worry, it's just Andrea. (laughs) <laughs> she couldn't find the ball, but we did see the ball roll up to, to Greg earlier while she was out looking for it. And Greg tries to get romantic there on the tennis court, but Andrea has a better idea. Come on. And they leave. Maddie's still on the phone with the operator. The operator has a, a an idea that Maddie spends a long time agreeing with. That's a great idea. I love that idea. Yes. Yes. That's a good idea. That's a very good idea. Let's the- This let's do this. This is a great idea.
1: (laughs) Complete nut bar.
0: And then someone else comes on the phone and she starts explaining to that person how Todd escaped from the mental institution and all of this. And what what is it? What number do I want? Turns out the other operator's idea was to transfer her to a different operator. (laughs) I'm done talking to the crazy lady. Send her to someone else.
1: Pass the buck, man.
0: <laughs> Greg and Andrea have gone to the pool, and they are naked on the diving board. That's when Terry barges in and finally starts to kill him. He's got his machete, and he kills Greg first, just a slice across the throat, and Greg falls over in the pool. Andrea gets a chop across the face, and then he either stabs her or he chops her. I'm not quite sure which, but now she's dead, too. We cut back to Maddie, and now she's just listening to a dial tone on the phone. Apparently, the other operator
1: got tired of her, too. She's holding. She's, like, strangling the phone, too, like, talking to it, Like, please. Uh.
0: Yeah. And she's just going to keep going downhill from here. It never gets better for her. No. Nah. Karen and Artie are out on the nature trail having just a friendly chat. It turns out that Karen and Artie are kind of best buds. And she wants Artie to talk to Terry about their relationship. About that time, somebody reaches up from under the bridge and grabs Karen by the ankles. And it is Terry. Except this is just his idea of a joke. I was just spooking you guys. Ha ha ha. Man, dick. (laughs) (laughs) He sends Artie off to find Greg and Andrea and then invites Karen back to his house. We see Artie get into his car and Todd is hiding in the back seat and he's got the doctor's gun. You're going to help me or I will shoot you. Uh So Artie, Artie plays it cool. You know, all right, well, I'll I'll take you to Todd. Let's go. I know exactly where he is. Back at the apartment, Terry and Karen are making out on the sofa uh, Terry's throwing all the cushions off on the floor like something important is going to happen. Except we know Terry doesn't do that sort of thing. No. Nah. Artie and Todd arrive at the apartment and Artie rings the bell when Terry answers. This doesn't make sense. Todd just kind of points the gun at him and then runs away.
1: Yeah. He's like he doesn't saw pull his- the
0: trigger, doesn't say a word, just points the gun at him, loses his nerve. And runs off into the woods.
1: It's like all his, uh, what do you call it? I don't know, his gumption or something. Like, Yeah, just all amazing. of
0: his resolve just disappeared.
1: And he just ate books.
0: And, and Karen, of course, is disappointed again.
1: <laughs>
0: I can tell you right now, Karen is never going to have sex. And I don't think I'm ruining anything there. I think we've seen that coming.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, she's, she's definitely the uh, the final girl. Right. And it's weird. Her name's Karen.
0: (laughs) We see Terry and Artie chase off after Todd and they find this stash of weapons just kind of laying on this bridge. It's kind of the same bridge that Karen and Artie were talking on a minute ago. But there's this neatly stacked pile of bloody weapons underneath a towel right there on the bridge.
1: And a serving board.
0: Yes. Artie picks up Terry's machete. And Terry tells him, better be careful with that, Artie. That doesn't look like cranberry sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Then he says, hey, wait, I think I see Todd. And Artie looks away from Terry. And Terry uses that opportunity to stab him in the neck with a meat fork.
1: (laughs) Again, that's awesome shot.
0: Oh, look, a distraction. Where? (laughs) (laughs) yep just stabs him right in the neck with the meat fork and that is a good shot there well karen goes out looking for the guys terry's got his machete again when karen finds him he tells karen oh this is todd's machete he's out killing people with this karen wants to go back to the apartment and call the police and terry gets all passive aggressive at this point that's a great idea let's go to the apartment and call the police Then all of a sudden, he tells Karen that he loves her and takes a swing at her with the machete.
1: Man, that guy's got problems big time. Yeah.
0: And a foot chase through the woods begins because you can't have a slasher movie without a foot chase through the woods. Oh, hell no. I mean, you can have a foot chase, but if it's not through the woods, how is the girl going to trip and fall?
1: I know, right? Also, they've gone backwards. I don't know how long this, like, little, uh, nature trail is or whatever it it seems like just like a really (laughs) that's like uh, like three or four feet off the ground right it's like a raised walkway in the woods and it just kind of goes like the zigzag pattern but they've been over this thing like four or five times now
0: every single nature trail shot is on the same bridge because it's a nice photogenic bridge I want to get the bridge in the movie can we credit the bridge If we credit the bridge, do we then have to pay the bridge? I don't know, man.
1: Uh, the bridge, is <laughs> the man.
0: Well, Karen runs to Andrea's apartment, but Andrea's dead. Remember? So yeah. she hides in the storage closet. That doesn't fool Terry. Terry is about to open the door, but then he gets a great idea. Don't know what the idea is. We just see this big shit-eating grin, and then he walks off. Back at home. Maddie is still on the phone. Uh, She got somebody to answer, but it's a wrong number.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's not up, though. She'll talk that person's ear (laughs) off.
0: Inside the storage closet, there's some plastic that had was behind Karen this whole time. She just noticed it. So she does what any sane person running from a murderer does. She looks to see what's behind the plastic. Remember Jackie, the bodyguard from the beginning of the movie? He's what's behind the plastic. When she runs out of the closet, Terry is on the patio and he's got the corpse of Artie and he's using him like a puppet. And that's hilarious, you think?
1: Yeah, he uh, he <laughs> uses his hand. He takes the hand and gooses her when she's back. Yeah. He saw that dead body in the closet, in the store's closet. So she's backed up and whor- horrified. And then he just takes dude's dead hand and like slaps her on the butt. And then she screams, turns around, and then he's laughing his ass off. Right. But
0: Karen's not laughing, so she needs to die. She starts knocking on random doors. One of the doors, uh, somebody actually answers. It's the little kid that Todd talked to earlier and told her, don't let anybody in no matter what. She could have saved Karen, but Todd kind of messed that up.
1: Yeah. Inadvertently, but hey, he saved that little girl, so he saved
0: that little girl from from Terry, absolutely he did well, she finds a patio door that's open, and she goes in. We know whose apartment this is too. There's a baby crying in the background. This is Julie's apartment. The baby that Andrea was babysitting is crying in the background. She goes in the bathroom, she's looking around to find anybody home. She goes in the bathroom. And just in time to see Terry pulling his machete out of Julie's chest.
1: Man, that that is a graphic shot. But again, like those effects guys did their job to the team. Man,
0: yeah. They were absolutely the MVPs of this movie. So Karen runs to the patio door. But Todd is there. And that scares her even more. So she runs to the bedroom to call for help. We get a really good shot here. Of Terry coming in with his machete as Karen is crouched down by the by the dresser. And all you see is the machete entering the flame the frame with blood drops all over it and just dripping blood. Really good shot
1: there. Yeah, she's got her eyes clenched shut, yep. like three minutes of the phone. And then she sees the knife and she just kind of like her mouth dropped a little bit and she's like, Oh, oh my god.
0: Yep. Terry starts laughing. So Karen does the only thing that makes sense. She hits him in the nuts with the phone, grabs the baby and runs for the door. And Terry gives chase back at the apartment. Maddie's at the refrigerator again. This time she's not eating the food. She's just throwing it away. And she thinks she notices something in the trash can. So she goes digging and she pulls out Terry's bloody shirt from when he killed Brad. She knows it's blood. She knows it's Terry's shirt. So Maddie runs to Brad's office. She's been trying to call him for like two hours now and just now decided, well, maybe I should go over there. (laughs) And she's beating on the patio door, hollering at him. Brad's not answering because Brad's dead. His head's split open. He's propped up on the stump that used to be his hand. There's blood all over the place. Maddie hasn't noticed that yet. She's just beating on the patio door, yelling at him. And when he doesn't answer, she just opens the patio door and goes in. And she's standing behind him, so she can't see how, she's, how chopped up he is. But she realizes when she finally notices the blood, what's probably happened here. And she reaches out to touch him. He falls face first on the desk to reveal his head is split right down the middle. And that was a really good
1: prop too. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, if you're eating Thanksgiving and watching this at this, as this point in the movie, you're like, I wish I had
0: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Karen is at the pool with the baby. Terry is sneaking up behind her with the machete, then starts jumping on the diving board. When he, when she doesn't notice him, she notices the jumping on the diving board and runs into the shower room where she promptly stuffs the baby under the sink. She's looking for a place to hide herself. She opens up the door to the sauna and finds the corpses of Greg and Andrea in there. So instead, she runs into the toilet stall and climbs up on the toilet. Terry comes creeping in. He knows she she went in there. He watched her go in there. But uh, he can't see her anywhere, so he's looking around. I know where you're hiding.
1: Yeah, he's toying with her and stuff. And he opens
0: up the sauna and says, see- "Oh, sorry, guys, didn't mean to interrupt."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he he's looking around. He knows she's in there, but he he is he is toying with her the whole time. He stops to take a leak at the urinal and then leaves. Back at the apartment, Maddie has Brad's gun now, and the all-night preacher is finally winding down. <laughs> Maddie says that she's gonna make everything all right. Don't know what that means. I have a feeling we're about to find out.
1: Also, she's like ugly crying, like there's snot coming out of her nose. Oh, yeah. She's really let herself go.
0: Yeah, definitely. She's definitely a method actor.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Because wherever Maddie went, Louise Lasser was there to meet her. We see Karen sneaking out of the toilet stall when the baby starts crying. And that's when Terry pops around the corner and takes a swipe at Karen with the machete. It, It doesn't hit her hard. It doesn't do any serious damage, but it does graze her shoulder. Back out by the pool, Todd has arrived. Karen runs and hides behind Todd as he's aiming the gun at Terry, but Todd doesn't shoot Terry. So Karen takes the gun away from him and threatens to kill Terry herself. (laughs) That's when she finds out this gun isn't loaded. (laughs) What the hell's the point of having a gun that you don't put bullets in, especially when you're looking for a murderer?
1: Yeah, that that guy should have checked it like, <laughs> they got the gun, but of course this this guy's you know half catatonic, you know, right. doofy. Also, they keep on doing a back and forth between the brothers. Right, you tell totally tell when they're behind the guy that that's just a guy in a wig. It's, yes, uh, it definitely perfect. is. Yeah.
0: Well, just like before, Terry smears blood on Todd and puts the machete in his <laughs> hand, but Todd's not falling for it twice. By God. <laughs> He tosses the machete and attacks Terry. Terry throws him into the pool and then jumps in after him to try to drown him. That ends pretty quickly. You see Terry climbing out of the pool to get his machete while Karen fishes Todd out of the pool. And Maddie has just stumbled into the, into the area too. And she's got Brad's gun and she just unloads into Todd. And yeah, Todd falls into the pool and dies. Yeah, she made everything right. She did. She shot him in the chest. She shot him in the eye. She shot him four more times for good measure. Well, Karen sneaks off to retrieve the baby while Maddie comforts Todd. She promises no one will ever hurt him again. And Karen is, has come back with the baby and she sees this and she thinks she's seeing this tender moment of Todd and his mom reuniting when Maddie professes her devotion to Todd and then says, it's just us, Terry. Todd's all gone.
1: Damn.
0: She's completely gone now. Well, Todd tells her he's not Terry. I'm not Terry. I'm Todd. And Maddie can't handle that. Todd gets up and walking away, repeating over and over again, I'm Todd. I'm Todd. At the same time, Maddie is screaming at the top of her lungs, I'm Todd as she puts the gun to her head and pulls the trigger. Everything falls quiet. Karen takes the baby and leaves. Todd stands there silently, and we hear sirens approaching, fade to black, and roll credits.
1: It That's just so messed up. Like She knew the evil twin, and but she still was like, that's my baby boy and the other one who right. needs him. It, right. It's just so messed up.
0: It's completely messed up. And, and, you know, her reality would not allow her to process the fact that the, your perfect golden child is actually a killer. Yeah. You know, she, she could also not process the fact that for the last 10 years, one of her children who was completely innocent had been locked up and
1: presumed a murderer. Yeah this is just such a great movie man
0: it's it's really good and like i said at the beginning it suffers from a bad script but as a psychological thriller and as a slasher film it works i like it
1: oh yeah 10 stars
0: all right man i think that's a podcast
1: Hell yeah gobble gobble